Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. What if I told you everything you know about the world is wrong? Dear Lord, what if I told you that all the things I believe to be impossible are in fact very much possible? Ah, reality is not what you think it is. It is so much more complicated, fascinating, and above all, Lord is terrifying. We're at the fringes of the map. And there's more than just dragons. In your name I pray. Amen. Alright, where would you like to go? I'm not running to anywhere from, really, is the operative thing. Just that... That man with that gun, I don't even know if Singh followed us, if he's still back there. I'm just running through the rain in the night. I, I'm finally out of clever plays. I, I got nothing. I'm going to say that you're running along the train. It's the only feature here. And as scared of the train as you are currently, you also probably are even more scared of getting lost in the darkness right now. Which, even though maybe it is technically the safest place, is still, there's like that, the looming sense of darkness, that like your lizard brain is like, I don't want to be out there. As you're running along the side of the train, you see that one of the windows, not yours, is open. And have you ever seen in like a movie depicted anywhere, a lot of blood that is being kind of half washed away by heavy rain? Yeah, yeah sure. Out of the window, there is all down the side of the train, so much blood. The blood pulls down the bottom where the train tracks are and then stretches off into the darkness. You do not know whose blood it is. But, Reverend, you recognize this as the room that the man in the poncho came out of when he was wiping down his sword. Uh, my mumbling shifts. When the Lord goes through the land to strike down the Egyptians, he will see the blood on the top and sides of the door frame and pass over that doorway and he will not permit the destroyer to enter your house and strike you down obey these instructions what are you on about testing ordinance for you. this is exodus it, it talks the, uh, the angel of death just the, the science here just the the, the blood and the, the rain I, I i i put i put a hand on each of your shoulders and like firmly firmly like hold you and I'm like i need you to keep it together right now what are you talking about Forty days and forty nights, God sent down rain upon here to wash out everything He's ever made. And between all the blood and the rain, God, I hope it happens again. What blood? The blood here against the side of the train. Look, look, it's right here. Oh, somebody's been attacked. Yes. Remember, I told you the the poncho man with the sword. Such we were hiding from him. Like this is where that was coming from. Right. But that, that's I don't even listen. If someone's been attacked by that man, we should find out who it is. Why? Because, for one, they may have a weapon, or some information, or they may need help, which should really be a thing for you, right? The amount of blood that's here would suggest that there's no blood left in the person we would be helping. They're dead. Well, then, if they... I'm going to check, because I don't have a better idea. Edwards, before you turn away... 
with your hands still on the reverend's shoulders. You feel like a cold sensation on both of your hands, colder than the rain around you or the night before you. You feel another set of hands placed on the reverend's shoulders. You look over the reverend's head to see that soldier before that was on that was the one uh, with the one yeah sorry uh, yeah sorry one hand on one of your hands you feel this you look up to see that one-armed soldier standing behind the reverend the soldier looks you in the face and says i do believe that you should want to head to the end of the train at the next possible opportunity the end of the train there is a malevolence here and it is not supernatural not supernatural. What are you talking about? Daniel, who is the soldier with one arm? I punch you in the face. Oh! <laughs> when that happens, your arms your arms are off his shoulders and that it disappears. It's all gone. You're back in the material realm completely. Who are you? <clears throat> How do you know about this? I I get right up to him. There is an anger in him you have not seen before, and he is right over you. I, I I've got my my walking stick and like baseball bat grip. Mm. Like stop it, stop it, back, back. What are you doing? What the what the hell is the matter with you? How do you know, John? Ah, oh, I don't. It's just not every day that everybody knows someone with one arm. All of a so sudden, so his name is John. He's been with you for most of this trip. I start walking to the front of the train. No, I wouldn't do that. Why? He said we should walk to the end of the train. What do you mean? He's dead. He's been dead for quite some time. Yes, I thought you'd been paying some attention. That doesn't always mean that I can't talk to him. All right. All right, I... I don't know what to believe. Anymore. I didn't say this to upset you. Listen. You are, for lack of a better word, my friend. We are in a worse predicament than I could ever have imagined. I'm not saying anything here to upset you. I don't want to hurt you. I'm telling you, I have seen this man staying close to you. Twice. On this trip now. And just now he was behind you, his hand on your shoulder. And he told me that we need to head to the end of the train. That there's some malevolent force. This is not news. But it's not supernatural. John told you this. And I look behind me. Is this someone you trust? Implicitly. Or I did until he died. I mean, this is his. And I show him my Bible. And then I realize it's like pouring rain. I... Put it back. Sing says we should make a decision now. Ah! <laughs> I also like. How long have you been I there? <laughs> John told you we need to go to the end of the train. End of the train. I start looking around, which I assume is the back and not the front. We just ran from the back. Why would we go towards the back where that thing was? And do you say not supernatural? Those two words that were together that just came out of your mouth a couple of minutes ago. I was just as confused by that as you are. So maybe we have something else to worry about beyond El Donchetto Man. Well, that's a tall order of stuff. Singh is starting to walk towards the rear of the train. He doesn't necessarily believe that you are a real medium, but he does think that you should start moving. I start walking 
and I'm walking next to you and go, I, I don't know what to believe anymore. I got on this train, a full 100% Methodist preacher. That's me. That's who I am. That's who I was. That's who I always will be. And everything about this train has shaken me harder than the, the stop we just witnessed on this train. I don't know what to believe. Singh begins fiddling as you're walking. He begins fiddling with his turban. He takes it out, lets his hair out for a moment, and then he's fiddling with the turban itself. He pulls from it a small dagger. It's not very big, but it is nonetheless a clearly intended as like a last-ditch weapon. He puts that in his pocket and starts trying to very quickly, kind of sloppily, redo his turban. Yeah, well, that makes sense, too. And I turn to... uh, Edwards, I go, everything that you're telling me is a new thing to me, and you just got to bear with me here because I'm trying to bear with everything myself. I am sorry for punching you in the face. There's no other way you could have known that unless you've been tracking me for years. So just lead the way, and I'll just do whatever I can, I guess. Think nothing of it. You get past all the sleeper cars, and you get to the carriage cars. One of them, the rear one, is open. The sliding door at the side is open, and light is spilling out from it. I'm going to, like, Scooby-Doo my head around. It's empty. To see if I can... Uh, I mean, like, uh, other than the, the crates. Uh, of people. Yeah. yeah. Let's try to find that shotgun that Watson told us about. All right. Oh. Do, do you see Crown in there at all? I don't see anybody. All right, let's get in, then. Dr. Singh, stay here and keep a lookout. Singh nods. He gets low. Maybe he gets underneath the train and tries to hide himself by the wheels. As he does that, he, he's he got the dagger in his hand. You get into the train car and you start searching. Now, do I... Re- like, since I've been in here before, can I use my eidetic memory to, like, narrow down my options? Mm, I'll give you a bonus. Sweet. Thank you. You find a... In among all the luggage, you find one that it's not actually got Agent Watson's name on it, but you do see that it's stenciled with the Black Watch insignia. So you know it must be his. You take it out and you it's like a long piece of luggage and you feel like this has got to be it. It is locked, but I believe you have the key. Uh, I think that was given Edwards, yeah? Oh, yes, of course. Here, here, here. Uh, all right, and I pick, uh, I'll mark it. You unlock the piece of luggage, open it up. It is, sure enough, a carry case for a double-barreled shotgun. The double-barreled shotgun, (laughs) at first you think it looks ceremonial, but then you redouble and convince yourself that it cannot be ceremonial. So it's a regular, classic, side-by-side double-barreled shotgun, but all of the metal components appear to be made out of bone instead of metal. In addition to that, the wood is carved with many different arcane sigils that you both recognize on the shotgun itself, carved into the wooden stock. There are like symbols or depictions, maybe, of several different gods of destruction. You see, in addition to um, maybe Shiva, there is also Kali, who, but is like the wife of Shiva. You see Perseus, the god of destruction in Greek mythology. You see Nurgle, Mesopotamian god. Some other ones, maybe, that you don't recognize, but you at least certainly understand are probably similar equivalents. You see the word intoritis written several times over and over again on different parts of the wooden buttstock of the shotgun. You do see 
written in English. This is the only word written in English that you understand. The word majesty on the buttstock as well. And that's about it. There is a lot of other stuff on this shotgun that you just can't make heads or tails of. You break it open, and inside there are two shotgun shells. Pulling them out, you can smell salt, but you smell other things like lavender and incense. This shotgun shell appears to be kind of like a a mad mix of several different things. Are there any other shells in the case aside from the two that are in the gun? There are, in the case itself, an extra three shells slotted in. All right. Let's be smart about this. No one of us should have all of these. That way, if anything happens, and I hand one to the Reverend, and I give one to Dr. Singh outside, and I take one. Sorry, these are the shells that you're passing out? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. And I look at the shotgun and go, well, um, remember what I was saying before about the angel of death and such, and Exodus and the plagues. Maybe we can take on the role instead. I like the sound of that. It's a shame that creature got my cloak. Really? If I'm going to be playing the angel of death, I would rather prefer to have a cape. Uh, you hear both of you, bunk, 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 from underneath the train. You hear, psst, hey. It's the, it's the voice of Sing. What is it? Three o'clock, he whispers. Never that late. It can't be past 11. Are you talking about direction? Or just which direction is 12? And maybe if you're hovering slightly out of the door, you see his arm in between the wheels point out. <laughs> uh, I look towards that direction. You look towards that direction. You see a figure staggering through the heavy rain. They appear to be walking towards the caboose. So it's kind of like a, a trajectory that will cross... With the train tracks, but they're not really walking towards you. Most of their body is kind of turned away from you, or is at least not turned in your direction. The figure, yeah, just uh, is quite clearly wounded, staggering in the darkness. All right. There are good odds that it's either Clanton or the Marshal, which means that we either have reinforcements or we're in real trouble. It could also be the Frenchman. Hmm. Are they walking from the Hmm. signal station? Yeah, kind of the direction that the signal station is in. I mean, is it on on that side or the other side? It's on the correct side of the signal station. That's also where the person who crawled out of the window... It it could be legitimately anybody. Is it good or bad news? Who knows? Should we join Singh underneath a car? Hey, I'm always down to hide. While you're having this conversation, and before you get out of the train car, you see more and more of the figure, and you realize it's a female form. Hmm. Adam, the radioactive container that I have. Oh, have you been carrying it around? It's heavy. I mean, you can, but it's heavy. I wouldn't have had time to put it back. I walked towards (laughs) the back with it. Is it easily, like, does it look like something that's holding something inside that is meant to be opened? What exactly do you, oh, do you, are you saying, is there a second case inside? Yeah, like, does it seem like a coffer rather than just a lead box? It's really hard for you to tell. I don't think you could say. All right, that's uh, that's plan H for later. Okay, so um, I think we just ask. Just just ask what? Ask who it is. Oh, well, just play coy and be like, oh, we're safe. Please don't hurt us. Just, well, listen, that's whenever, whenever danger presents itself up to now, you just walked up to it and said, hello, what are you doing? I'm me. So I'm trying that now. 
all right, maybe we should wave them into the car so that way they think we're giving them safety. I'm just going to ask. All right, fine. Just do it. Uh, It's okay. They say, who goes there? Oh, that's real loud. You call out. The figure stops and turns to face you. It starts walking towards you. And then in the light of the train car, you can. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. See, it is Frida Dietrich. Or perhaps it would be better to describe it as what is left of Frida Dietrich. There is, in her chest, a massive gaping wound. Most of her guts, her intestines, her stomach, even like her lungs, have kind of half spilled out. She has been gutted. Very, very literally, she has been gutted. What is left of her insides are dragging behind her in the dirt, still connected to her, but no longer inside of her. As she approaches, you see that her eyes are rolled back into her head and she moves stiffly, like she's not used to operating her body. Her lungs kind of vaguely move and pulsate as her lips pull together and she issues forth through the rain. Mason, run. I'm going to pull out my, my Derringer. Mm-hmm. Get Sing and run. Get out of here. All right. Sing, we're going. And I tap the, the bottom of the car and I go out the back of it. How do you get Sing? Do you call out for him or do you physically grab him? Uh, I say it loud enough to how we were talking before as I tap the caboose floor and run. Uh, with the shotgun in hand. You sprint towards the caboose. You hear like mad scrambling. Even over the rain, you can hear mad scrambling underneath. And you can tell that Singh is doing the same thing you are, basically, but underneath the train. As I'm going, I'm trying to load the shotgun. Oh, no, the shotgun is loaded. So you have five shells total, two in the two in the gun, three in addition. Fantastic. I go to load it, and I open it, and go, well, never mind. And I click it, and I make sure it is set to fire. Meanwhile, Edwards... I'm going to I'm going to try to shoot this thing in the head. Yeah, no worries. I'm 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 sighting in and I'm muttering, "Why did I tell Mason to go? He's shot a gun before <laughs> and he's got the magic shotgun. This is a derringer. This is a terrible idea." Now, I'm going to say that there are two ways to fire this derringer because you got like a little pepper box thing. I forget how many barrels mm-hmm. it has. Four. So, I believe there are two ways typically to fire one of these things. You can fire one at a time or you can fire all four at once. If you fire all four at once, it's a negative one to hit. But if you do hit, you'll do a lot more damage. I'm just going to fire one. It's the other way around. I completely forgot. No, you get a bonus if you fire all of them because you're more likely to hit. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, well, um, I was going to go for more shots. But mm-hmm. uh, if you fuck it, let's, uh, that's a horrible thing. Firing all four shots. <laughs> As all four barrels go off, a massive flash and loads of gunpowder are spewed forth into the air. As the gunpowder cloud begins to fade, you can see that you you have hit 
the creature in its neck and black bile is beginning to ooze out into the rain and onto its chest, but it staggers forth undeterred. Well, that was a good try. There's no shame in trying. Let's see if there's anything valuable in this car and leave. It continues to move towards you. And Reverend, you get to the caboose with Sing underneath. He has not yet gotten in. What would you like to do? Uh, Very short and quick go. Is there anybody else in this car? The monster's coming towards us. No one responds. I go to the back of the caboose. I unlock the door and wait for Edwards to come through the front. Meanwhile, Edwards. I'm just going to scan real quick to see if there's anything grabbable in there. With an eye much more practiced to searching for valuables than searching for a shotgun, you spot several pieces of luggage around you. One of them, though, catches your eye because it has Otis written on it. I'm going to grab that and run. You grab that luggage as what is left of Frida Dietrich begins climbing into the rear cargo car. I would like to swing it at... uh its head and then run you swing and you're more concerned about keeping out of its striking range so that when you swing you just don't get hit but that also means that you're not going to hit it and you run past it luckily you did stay out of its grasp and it does try to reach out for you as you run past it before you get into the caboose you hear uh i i I shout It didn't work. It's still coming. (laughs) All right. You're all in the caboose. Reverend Singh pops up from the rear of the train, looking in the back door towards you. He doesn't get in yet, though, because he's not sure what the plan is. I will tell Edward, close that door. I did. Okay. (laughs) As I turn around, I go, oh, you did. I'm I'm leaning against it, and I slide the suitcase against it behind me. John told you to come back here for a reason. Can you talk to him again? Is there a way to reach out? going to be very difficult under these conditions um i can try i need you if i can use you as a conduit i'll I'll have a better chance of reaching him again i make sure the shotgun is uh loaded and ready to fire for the third time now and i point it to the door as i expect her to come in and go do whatever you need to do that's not going to work i take it and i hand it to dr singh singh holds it and then levels it at the at the door I need you to call out. I need you inside of yourself. Find the strongest emotional memory you have of this person and try as best you can to relive it. I want you to feel those moments passing for you as they did in life. I take the Bible out and I open the front cover where I see the in-property of and then John Cobbler's name. I put my hands on your shoulders and I go, where are you? I am... Out in the fields during the war. That's good. What color is the sky? What time of day is it? Uh, It was a little bit after sundown. It was dark. It was hard to see around me. The clouds were out. It wasn't raining. Are there sounds? Oh, gunshots everywhere. People screaming, people crying. It was horrible. And John, he's with you? He was fading out. He was... Right next to me, holding my arm, but the one he still had, blood pouring out of his other one. While he tells me this, I start reaching out through the veil. You feel another another hand 
reach on to yours. And then for the first time ever, this has never happened to you before, you feel a sensation of emotion, like you are being drawn forwards. At first you think this is something to do with the, the spirit. Yeah, the spirit world. But then you oh. also like penetrating through the haze of entering the spirit world, you hear woot, woot. Reverend, you as a conduit, you're not truly in the spirit world. So you are much more conscious of what is happening. The train begins to move forwards, shuddering at first, but then steady. While that is happening, that cold sensation, Edwards, on one of your hands, and you see that Union soldier standing behind the Reverend. John? Yeah? Your friend needs your help right now. And so do I. And quite a few other people, actually. So this is sort of important. Daniel, if you have anything that you want to ask John, I'm in contact with him now. John? Uh, you told my friend here that we needed to get to the end of the train. What is it we needed? What what do you see that we can't? John looks at you, Edwards, and he says, you got it. The gun. You need a weapon. All right. He says that we. it's good that we got the gun. We need a weapon. Well, that's good. That's good. I generally can't ask more than two or three questions before I lose the connection, so you better make these next couple count. Um, do you know of any way to permanently stop whatever this thing is? Uh, no, that's the gun. Um, I would assume that's the gun. Do we... May I try? Yeah, go ahead. You, Think about Edwards, you're beginning to here. feel incredibly drained by this experience. What is the Donchetto Man? Oh, that is a good question. Good job. Uh, I I don't I don't know that. Not really. It's like a, a mummy, I guess, uh, of some sort. Uh, 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 I think it's a few cars ahead of you. I don't think it's a problem anymore, though. I think it's moved. He says he doesn't think it's a problem anymore. He thinks it's moved. I think it's moving again. Uh, it's looking for another vessel. He says it's looking for a vessel. Oh, well, okay. Well, that would assume this sounds crazy. That would assume it's not duplicating; it is shifting between beings. All right. Uh, if we got to make this one count. If we kill boom, the vessel. Boom. Boom, boom. You, Edwards, you only hear this faintly. The um, door from the caboose to the cargo cars starts slamming really hard. You hear from the other side of the door. There's a thing right outside the door. If that's not the- I grip your shoulders tighter. Stay with me. Stay. If that's not the Don Chattel man that's outside the door, what is it outside this door? Before the soldier can answer, you hear screaming from the other side of the door- it is me, Frida Dietrich. It is me, my body, my body. And then <gasps> you are thrown out of the spirit world forcibly. <clears throat> Did you hear that as well? Did I hear that as well? No, you didn't hear the yelling. You just hear the slamming on the back of the, on the, on the door. What did John say? Dr. Singh, fire, fire through the door. Oh, wait, no, fuck that. Open the door and then fire. Shit, I'll open the door. I run over and I open the door. 
now. You open the door, slam it open. You see, standing on the other side, the thing that was Frida Dietrich. Sing with the shotgun leveled is kind of like hesitates for a second because Edwards, you're a little bit in the way and he does not want to hit you. What do you do, Edwards? Oh, I, I, I get the fuck out of the way. You maybe drop down. Sounds good. Sounds like me. Frida Dietrich's arms reach down to grab you. You feel the cold, clammy, wet grasp wrap around both of your arms. Reverend, standing next to Sing, you it Sing's about to fire, but do you want to do anything right before it happens? No. With all my strength, if I can, I'm going to pull to one side. Okay. I want to give him as big an opening as I can. Oh, you beautiful bastard, Sing. Four successes, two of them are re-rolls. Five successes. Incredible. Sing, leveling the shotgun, fires both rounds. The shotgun lifts up and smacks him in the face, but his shots ring true. Frida Dietrich's torso is destroyed. The top half of her falls over backwards as her what just her legs hit you, Edwards. I do the... I'm just like standing there with my shoulders up, like probably covered in horrific gore. You know, like surprised that I haven't been killed by what just happened. Excellent shot. Is she still moving? She does not move. We need to reload that gun fast. I I, I lean down and I, I, I as close to uh I, I think about looking for a hand to put my hand on for a second and then think better of it and I go Nothing's going to take your body now. At least I can offer you that. Sorry. 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 Uh, I go over and help him up. We gotta reload that shotgun, saying, Are you okay? Sing, he's got like a massive red welt in the center of his forehead. He nods slowly, but he doesn't open his eyes, clearly still grimaced in pain. Sing, why don't you pass me the gun? I'll I'll use it next, because your vision seems to be a little bit impaired. He nods. He passes you the gun. It does not smell like gunpowder. It smells like sage, lavender, and salt. Sing, you've got that other shell, right? Sing opens his eyes and then with a shaky hand slowly withdraws two more cartridges. Actually, no, he he hands you all three. Um, I'm going to offer him my flask. Say, there you are, old boy. I bet you've never killed a monster before now, have you? With a still shaking hand, he nearly misses his mouth and says, no, no, I, I've never, never killed a monster before. Yeah, well... <clears throat> Neither have I. Oh, I uh, I turn around and uh, gonna just take a quick look inside that suitcase that I grabbed. It's locked. Well, fuck. God damn it! Well, spend some time picking the lock if you so desired. <laughs> no, we're kind of in a fucking spot here. I might hang on. To Sing it. points at the corpse. Ah, uh, ah, uh, uh, He points at the top half of the corpse that fell into the cargo train. Do you look? Yes. Yeah, it would be silly not to. 